Hi, welcome to Destiny Church's weekly podcast. We're a church located in Columbia, Maryland, right between D.C. and Baltimore. And we're so glad that you decided to listen to our podcast. If you're looking for a message of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuned into the right place. If you have any testimonies of what God has done in your life as a result of listening to this podcast, please email us at stories at yourdestiny.church. We love to hear how God is impacting people's lives through what he's doing at our church. Now, prepare your heart and mind to hear from God as we jump into this week's message. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, but before you, before you sit down, before you sit down, just look around you real quick and find the best looking person you can. Just before you sit down, find the best looking person. Now, when you find them, when you find them, I want you to look right at them. I want you to tell them this. Tell them the rest of your life. All right, hold on. Let's, let's try it again. I think you can do better than that. Look, here, look at your second choice real quick. Look at you. No, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Just point to yourself. Point to yourself. Let's try this. There, that's good. Say, say the rest of my life. Oh, you sounded better when you start talking about yourself. Say, will be the best of my life. All right, now you're, we're going to say it one more time. I want you to say it like you believe it. Now, if you've ever heard me before, you've said that before. If you've never heard me, I'm going to get you to say it a few times because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. You know, if you hear your whole life, you'll never make anything yourself. You're dumb. You'll, you'll start believing those kind of things. But if you keep, how many believe the Bible? Let me see if you believe the Bible. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more Abundantly, One more time, like you believe it, say the rest of my life, of my life. will be the best of my life. Hey, Amen. You can be seated. Now you say, well, that guy just sounds pretty positive today. Yes. Now listen, I'm not saying life's going to be perfect. And people say, well, you just think life must be perfect. You must think to just have no problems. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. And, and that's not really uh, what, what the Bible tells us in John 16, 33. It says, in the world, you will have trials, tribulations distress, frustration. <laughs> awesome. I just came to encourage you a little bit today. It's not, how many have ever had some trials and tribulations? Let me see your hands, some distress. Yeah, that's what the Bible promises. We're going to have it. It, it. It's like this. How many have ever been on an airplane that hit turbulence? Okay. Most of us have. What did you do when the airplane hit turbulence? Prayed. <laughs> It's always good, held on, buckled up. Did, let me ask, did anybody get off the plane? You're like, I'm out, can't handle this. Term. No, you can't get off the plane, right? You hold on, you buckle up, you, you listen for an instruction. You, uh, but let, let me ask you, uh, well, it's kind of the same thing in life. How many have ever hit turbulence in life? Things got a little bumpy, that, that trials and tribulations and distress. What do you do? Cry. Same thing, cry, <laughs> you cry. Yeah, I've seen people do that, pray. Hold on, buckle up. You can't quit. Life's too tough. I'm out. Just forget about it. Yes. I was on the plane the other day with a lady, and she'd never flown before. And so we were talking for a few minutes. She's like, I've never flown before. She's real nervous. I'm like, don't worry. I'm on the plane. <laughs> so we talked for a few minutes. The plane took off, and I sleep on planes. If, I, if the plane takes off, I fall right asleep. So I'd fallen asleep, and about 20, 30 minutes into the flight, we hit some turbulence, and it started getting a little bumpy, and I felt her start hitting my legs. She goes, hey, hey. I'm like, huh, huh? She's like, do something. <laughs> so what do you want me to do? She goes, I don't know. Aren't you like a preacher? I said, yeah, I'm like a preacher. I'm not like a pilot. 
you know. She's like, I don't know. She goes, she goes just do something religious. <laughs> so, so I got up and took an offering. Yeah. In the world, you will have some trials. I love what it says right for that, though. It says, but be of good cheer. Yeah, look at, look at someone next to you say, lighten up. Yeah, we're all going to go through some trials, but be of good cheer. He's already overcome the world. He's deprived of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. I don't know about you, but that sounds like some pretty good news right there. Here's what I found. Life goes better when you put God first. Has anybody else found that to be true? Life just seems to go better when you put God first. How do you do that? I think one of the ways you do that is just really by getting planted in the house of God. The Bible says when you plant yourself in God's house that your life would flourish. I mean, I want to see your life flourish. How many like to be happier than you are right now? Healthier than you are right now? More love in your home than you have right now? More joy? More peace? How many like to have more money than you have right now? Oh, wow. Look at all you selfish people. Just... Uh... No, the more blessed you are, the greater blessing you can be. How many like to see more people give their heart to Jesus? Yeah, right here. See, see that desire for more is not a wrong desire. It's, it's not an evil desire. Actually, the very first command God gave humans was be fruitful and multiply, right? Multiply means to increase. So the first thing God said is, I want you to be more than you are right now. More joy, more peace, more love, more. It, 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 you look in the New Testament, he doesn't even like things that don't increase. It, it, it didn't matter if it was a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit or a man with one talent, if it wasn't becoming more. So when you see, uh, you talk about it, it is a move. When you see what God's doing here at our church right now, how many can see that it's a move of God, how God is increasing us and blessing us? And, 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 and you see that, and so you begin to see that's God's plan. God's plan. If we weren't doing that, it would, we'd be out of the, the plan of God. So God's plan is for us to increase and to grow and, and to flourish. And the Bible says your life will flourish when you get planted. And I'm telling you what, I can't think of any better place to plant yourself than right here at Destiny. How many love your church? Yeah, and when, when you show up, you know, just by showing up, that's one of the ways you plant yourself. You're like, how do I get planted? You show up. That's, that's one way. Just by getting here today, on the way out to your car, you can just declare over your life, Father, I thank you this week my life's going to flourish. My business is going to flourish. My relationship's going to flourish because I made a choice today to plant myself. Get, get in growth track. Find a place to serve. Make a difference for somebody. All those, pray for your pastor. How many love your pastor? My goodness, you guys just got one of the best of the best. Now, don't expect me to be him. I can't be him. I can't preach as good as him. I wish I could. He's an awesome preacher. And, and I'm, not, I'm not quite as handsome as him. I can't dress quite that cool. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I could try to be him. I could try to get up here and be him. But I, but I, I can't. I got to be me. But you got one of the best of the best. I, I could try to be, you know, uh, Pastor Chris Hodges. Or I could try to be Joel Osteen. Or, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Every day is a Friday. That's awesome. The other day, someone introduced me. They said, what's Dave Martin like? Someone said, he's kind of a mixture between Joel Osteen and Larry the Cable Guy. It's it's weird. Just just hold your Bible up and say, get her done. You know, I don't know. All I'm saying is you just got to be you. The other day, someone said, Dave, you and me, man, we are just alike. I said, if you and me are just alike, one of us is unnecessary. You know, so I can't be you. You can't be me. I can't be pastor. I just got to be who God created me to be. You got to, so, you know, this, this thing called life is a gift. How many like gifts? 
It's Christmas time. We all like gifts. We like getting gifts. We like giving gifts. And, and, uh, and, but how many like unwrapping gifts? Who are the people that just rip the paper off? You love that part. You just, okay, who are the people that take it off real slow, real carefully, because you could reuse the paper, right? If you're good, you could reuse that. I'm one of those just rip it off. I can't wait to get in there and see what I, see what I got. And, uh, and, and, uh, but but, but um, uh, here's this gift called life that God gave us. And what I love about this gift is he picked it out just for you. That's why none of us are alike. God didn't go to Costco by life in bulk. Just give us all the same thing. No, every one of us have different gifts, and it's up to us to unwrap that gift and, and really enjoy the life. Like I said, there'll be trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. Impact Sunday. I, I was thinking, what has made the greatest impact on my life? And I'm going to share three things with you. I think, th to me, they're the three most important things in life. They're three things that made an incredible impact on my life as I begin to understand these. I'm gonna share them with you today. I think they'll be a, I think they'll be a help to you. I may talk about my wife and son. I don't know if they got a picture of them. Uh, just so when I'm talking about them, you'll know who I'm talking about. They send their greetings. Uh, there they are, my wife's the one on the right. And, uh, and we've been married for 22 years. She's preaching today. We just took over a church in Detroit. And, uh, and so we are now, well, we're now pastors of a church in Detroit. I've not been there yet, but um, <laughs> seriously, I'll start in January, but she's there. She's there today. You're like, you got a church. You've never been there, but uh, we're kind of restarting the whole church. If you know anybody in Detroit, tell them to come hang out with us. And, uh, but that's my wife. She's speaking there today. My little boy on, on the left, that's Solomon. How many have ever prayed and asked God for something? And it took him longer than a week to answer you. Let me see if you ever prayed for something long. Oh my goodness. How many have ever prayed longer than a month? A year, anybody pray? Eight years we prayed for that little guy. Eight years we prayed, believe we got, finally my wife got pregnant. We were so excited. And here we go, we go to the, uh, getting the checkup and everything. And they said, um, it looks like we've got a, a problem. So your baby is actually in your fallopian tube. It's a tubal pregnancy. You're not going to be able to have this baby. And, and we've been praying for eight years. And, and, uh, and they said, we're going to have to schedule surgery so, so we can go in and remove the, the baby. So they scheduled the surgery and everything that, that, that they do. And, and, uh, and so we, we had a choice when we left there. We had a choice to give up. Go, well, I guess it's not going to happen this time. And the doctor says it's not going to happen. We'll just guess we'll try again. Or to believe what the Bible says. Now, there's a song we used to sing when I was a kid. I grew up in church. Anybody here grow up in church? Anybody here in this early service? Okay, well, quite a few of you. Yeah, yeah I'm, you must have to get up this early to go to church. But uh, uh, I grew up in church. My dad's a, a minister. My grandfather's a minister. The kind of church I grew up in, we couldn't have any fun. Everything was a sin. Uh, except going to church. That was the only thing that wasn't a sin. We did was go to church. And so I'm probably one of the most saved people you'll ever meet. Uh, I've been saved a lot. Because they scared us at our church. Like, the Lord's coming tonight. <laughs> By midnight, you know, I get saved all over again, waiting, waiting in bed for midnight, you know, checking to see if my brother was still there. I realized that probably wouldn't tell me much, but uh, no, he's pretty saved too. <laughs> he is, because we couldn't play anything. We couldn't play video games growing up. That was a sin, you know. Me and my brother wanted to play, we played church. That's the only thing we could play. I'd preach. My brother would sit in the back, you know. 
where all the sinners sit in the back. And, and uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. So I'd preach, my brother come down, get saved. He's been saved a lot too. And uh, we'd baptize each other, you know. It's, anyway, um, but there was a song we sang growing up. They used to say, it said, whose report will you believe? And then the next time I would say, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Right? So the doctor's report said, well, this doesn't look good. Your baby's in your tube. We're going to have to remove the baby. But the report of the Lord said we should be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So we had to decide whose report we were going to believe. And I tell you, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy to believe that report when you got friends around you going, just accept it, you know. You can try again. God will give you, you know, try again. And, and, and you just, you, you're just out there. You got to believe you know, what the doctor said. That's what the reports are. You had to make a choice. We just, just chose to keep believing the report of the Lord. To make a long story short, we went in for the surgery all the way. I mean, we kept believing all the way to the day the surgery was scheduled. We went to the hospital, and as they did the last ultrasound to get her ready, they said, hold on a minute. Let do do that again. I think someone's made a mistake or something because your baby's in your womb exactly where he's supposed to be. And, uh, and, and what, uh, well, they called it a mistake. We just called it a miracle. You know, pastor was talking about that just a minute ago in this impact Sunday, just believe How many believe for some miracles in your life? And as we see a miracle happen for our church, and it's the, that's what happened, a miracle. She went on to carry him, you know, the whole nine months. And there you saw his picture. He came out perfect. And Wait, he's not perfect, <laughs> yeah, but, but he, he, I mean, he, he was born C-section, actually. He wasn't even, so it wasn't perfect. But anyway, uh, you can't even tell from the pictures, right? <laughs> he looks totally fine from the pictures. Anyway, let me show you something. <laughs> the only way you can really tell he was born C-section is whenever he leaves the house, he goes through a window. <laughs> anyway, you'll, some of you will get that later. Let me, let me show you something I think will help you today. If you got your Bible, I don't know what it is you're, you're expecting. How many of you got some things you're expecting God to do in your life? Some things you're believing for God to do in your life? Yeah, I, I was thinking, here we are. Uh, it's my favorite season of the year right now, a football season. And... Um, and I'm, I'm, I love football. And I was, I was watching my team as the LSU Tigers. And uh, we had a great day yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. But I was watching some of the different games, and, and I saw a team come back in the last quarter of the game and accomplish more than they did in the whole first three quarters and ended up winning the game, right? And I thought about here we are right now in the last quarter of 2019. We're in the last few minutes of the last quarter. How many have got some things you'd still like to see God do in your life this year? I mean, before this year's over with, I mean, we still got 20-something days left this year. To give up now and think, well, I guess, you know, it's holidays. We'll just start. God will do something next year. No, I just still believe God could do some things this year. And if he could create the entire world in six days, think what he can do in the next 20-something days. So I, I would encourage you not to give up yet, but to, just to kind of raise your level of expectation. Even, even as today as we have an opportunity to, to, to let go of some things that God's blessed us and let go and watch those things return back to us as a, an impact. We get to make an impact in the kingdom and God begins to bless us because of our impact. And when you, when you begin to see how this, this cycle works in our life, I, I want to show you just how to raise your expectation a little bit because whatever you expect with confidence becomes your own self-fulfilling prophecy. 
I mean, if you expect a little, if you pray a little, if you believe a little, if you ask a little, you'll receive a little, even though God himself is able to do big things. How many believe God can do big things in your life? I mean, what's that scripture say? With God, most things are possible. No, right. It says all things are possible. So with God, if all things are possible, the only thing really limiting you would have to be you. Maybe your own thinking. Because the Bible says as a person thinks, so, so are they. And so when you begin to understand, that's why the Bible talks to us, so much to us about renewing our mind. I know a lot of times the church, we, we get all excited. We thought that scripture said, be transformed by the removal of your mind. But... I looked at it. It's closer. It says the renewal of your mind. What does that mean? It means a change in the way you think. See, if, if we really believed God was as big as we sing about, shout about, and, and, and say, if we really believed that, we would start thinking bigger, praying bigger, believing bigger. If we really believed he was an Ephesians 3.20 God, that he would do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could think or ask, if you really believed that, well, maybe you'd do some things different. So how do we raise the level of our expectation to see God really do more in our life, in our families, in our business, in our health, in our church? And how do you do that? And, and I, I believe some, if you're going to be dreaming anyway, if you're going to be thinking anyway, you might as well think big. It doesn't take any more energy to have a big dream than a little dream. So why not dream big and believe that God could do what he said he would do? So if we really want to make an impact in your life, in your future. Three things I want you to get, three things. Just write these three things down. I'm not gonna take long, but I want you to get them. Number one, and I, I, I'm doing A, B, C. We'll just do an A, B, C. This is simple as the A, B, C's. That's how, that's how you look at it. A is acquire wisdom. A is acquire wisdom. Now there's some principles. Principles are simple. Uh, the Bible says in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, that the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Joshua chapter one, verse eight, that's the Bible. He said, you should think about it when? Day and night. When's day and night? All the time, yeah. He said, you need to be thinking about what I'm saying day and night. That tells me no matter where I'm at, day or night, if I'm at home with my family, the God, the, the, there's gonna be principles in the word of God that are gonna help me to be a better dad, a better husband, better, uh, better in my home. It, it, day or night, that means if I'm at work, 24 hours a day, there's gonna be principles in the word of God that are gonna help me be a better employer, a better employee, a, a negotiator. I've, I've been doing a, a study right now uh, on negotiation. Uh, about 50% of what I do is in the corporate arena. And what's amazing is everything I teach there, I find in the Bible. And they're like, man, that's so good. Where'd you get that? I'm like, you don't wanna know. <laughs> but no, I wanna know. It, it's all in there. Like, like the apostle Paul was an amazing negotiator. I found seven secrets of negotiation all from the life of the Apostle Paul. And so all this stuff is, is there for us. I love to study successful people. David, he's one of my favorite people. I love David. Remember David killed Goliath? I remember that story. Okay, most of you cut his head off. Remember that? I love that. David's the first person I found to really get ahead in life. Okay, that was a really bad one. But, uh, but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So as I studied these principles, I found there was a big difference between the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. And in studying that, I, I found so much wisdom in the word of God. Principles are simple yet powerful models that help us understand how the world works. 
They generate the same results each and every time, uh, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter when you use them. Principles work when you, when you work them. I just got back from Brazil. And I, I was in the southern hemisphere in another country. And when I got out of bed in the morning, my feet immediately went to the ground. And I thought, this is amazing. Gravity, the principle of gravity works everywhere. All these principles, they work wherever you're at. When you understand the principles, life is just a process of discovering these principles. So acquire, acquire wisdom. Here's what I've learned. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, you've got to learn something today that will make tomorrow different. If you go into tomorrow with the same information you have today, you won't have a tomorrow. You'll just have a longer today. So if the rest of your year is going to be different than the first part of your year, what are you going to do different the rest of this year? If next year is going to be different than this year, what are you going to do different? If you want tomorrow to be different than today, I try to learn something every day. I think the only problem you'll really ever have in life is a wisdom problem. You don't really have financial problems. A lot of times you just have some wisdom problems. You don't really have marriage problems. You just have some wisdom problems. A lot of times you don't have health problems. You just have some wisdom problems. But if tomorrow's going to be, here's what I have learned. The more wisdom you have, the less miracles you'll need. A lot of people are just waiting for a miracle when if they'd have had some wisdom. How many have ever made this statement? If I knew back then what I know now. Let me see your hand if you ever made that statement. Exactly. If I would have known then what I know now, I'd have never been in this position. So wisdom, the Bible says, is the principal thing. The difference between where you are and where you want to be is what you know. How many like to be doing better than you're doing right now? Okay, how many like to make a greater impact than you're making in life right now? So, it, so what do you need to do different? If, if, if you're not doing as well as you'd like to be doing, it just means there's something you don't know. Now, here's the thing with wisdom. The Bible says, Proverbs 1, verse 5, that if you're smart, you'll get smarter. That's what Proverbs 1, 5 says. It says a wise person will increase in learning. And so no matter what area of, of life it is, uh, once I got some wisdom, my doctor, I got my physical first of the year. Doctor said, Dave, you need to lose 25 pounds. And, uh, and I said, well, that's not my fault. It's, that's Krispy Kreme's fault. It's easy to blame other people, too, for our problems, isn't it? It's the government's fault. It's my parents' fault. It's my wife's fault. It's Krispy Kreme's fault. But no, my decision yesterday to eat the donut got me to the place I was, 25 pounds overweight. So my decision uh, to change some things, because at first I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And I got to the end of March, and I had like 30 to go, <laughs> right? So I had to make some changes, and, and so I developed a plan. I got some wisdom in the area of my eating and my health, and I started doing that in, uh, in, in, in um, April, and I began to see some changes. And I was doing really good. I, I, I dropped about 40, almost 50 pounds. And, uh, and, and I saw a T-shirt the other day that said, fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> I'm like, hold on. I got to protect myself. You know, this is what I'm going to... Pastor Stephen's safe, you know, he doesn't have nothing. Anyway, um, so I started looking for wisdom in all these different areas of my life. How many married people are in here? Married people. All right. Uh, some happy ones. That's good. How many single people? Any single people? Always happier. You ever notice that? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, now, here's like married people. How many married people, you and your spouse are totally different? Let me see your hands. Okay, how many needed some wisdom just to make it this far? My wife and I are night and day different. She's from New York. I'm from Mississippi. Different. 
She's a northerner. I'm a southerner. Different. My dad's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. Her dad's a heathen. Her grandfather's a heathen. But we, we needed wisdom, right, to learn how to work this whole thing out. So there's wisdom for our relationships. There's wisdom. If you're single, there's wisdom. The Bible has wisdom for everything, right? If you're single, there's, there's good pickup lines in the Bible if you need them. Um, it's got every, like the other day I was reading the book of Numbers, and I realized I don't have yours. See, you see that? It's a pickup line. It's in the Bible. So everything you need's in there. That's why he says, hey, whatever you do, get wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom. Uh, uh, it, it goes on to say in, in Proverbs 3 how valuable wisdom is. It's more valuable than silver. It's more profitable than gold. It's more precious than rubies. And nothing you could wish for would be as valuable as wisdom. Proverbs 4 says, hey, whatever you do, get wisdom. Wisdom will protect you. Wisdom will promote you. It goes through all, telling us all the values of having wisdom. If you want tomorrow to be different than today, learn something today. Get wisdom. You go to my house, I got over 4,000 books. Why? Too much stuff I don't know. I can't go to Barnes & Noble without spending three or $400. It's too much stuff I don't know. If the difference between where you are and where you want to be is what you know. So I try to learn something every day. I learned the other day, you know, if your airbag deploys on your car, now this isn't life-changing here, but I did learn it. I try to learn something. If your airbag deploys in your car, it costs $500 to put your airbag back. Right? I didn't know that till the other day. And the reason I was looking at a new car and the, the guy was explaining to me, like the passenger side, if no one's with you and the airbag deploys, you still pay $500, even though no one was on the passenger side. So the benefit of this car was you could turn the passenger side off. Right? which then made me start thinking about the people who were with me. I mean, it's $500, you know, you got to like decide, like. I had an accident, I called home, I said, honey, don't worry, I'm fine, my airbag deployed. You know, I'm sorry about your mom. Thank you. It's a bad mother-in-law joke, don't, don't worry about that. I love my mother-in-law, that's just a joke. I, a couple of Christmases ago, I got her a cemetery plot for Christmas. For my, it's my mother. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't get her anything last year. She was mad at me too. She goes, "You didn't get me anything for Christmas this year." I'm like, "You didn't even use what I got you." I'm just saying, you know, when you get someone a gift, you want them to use it. So, whatever you do, whatever you do, get. Get wisdom, right? Get wisdom. So I'm, I'm always learning new stuff. Just like I was doing a book signing the other day, and I was learning how to names. Like there's like simple names, like Cheryl. That Cheryl with a C or Cheryl with an S. You know, Sean. There's like three ways to spell Sean. I'm always learning new ways to spell names. And and was, there's a new girl at Starbucks the other day, and I was just messing with her. She had a little badge on, you know, trainee. I was like, that's funny. Your mom named you trainee. <laughs> she looked at me. She said, it's Trinay. I had no idea, you see what I'm saying? So there's always something to learn, right? So whatever you do, the Bible says, is to get, get wisdom. Now, I, I remember, remember when God came to Solomon, said, Solomon, anything you want, you can have it. Whatever you want, you name it. And then he started giving Solomon choices, right? And, and it was like that old game show, let's make a deal. Would you like door number one, there's wealth and riches. Behind door number two, the life of your foes. Behind door number three, honor. And, and, God, and what does Solomon say? God, just give me wisdom. 
What, what do you mean? You don't want wealth and riches? You don't want the, the, your enemies? Well, maybe, maybe one of them. No. No, he said, look, just give me wisdom. And God said, you know what, Solomon? Because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else. So really the master key, the thing that opened up every door was wisdom. So really the master key to life is wisdom. God, just give me. What if God said anything you want, you can have it? How many of us would have said, God, just give me wisdom? And we'd be like, God, there's a house I've been looking at. God, there's this job. God, just give me wisdom. Whatever you do, you want to make a greater impact in your future. A, acquire wisdom. Say wisdom. Uh, the letter B, the letter B real quick. Let me give you this one. B, uh, believe for favor. Believe for favor. This is a great time of year. We talk about favor this time of year a lot because, you know, the, the, the angel came and Mary, you have favor. But I think favor isn't just a one-time event. Favor is a lifestyle. How many like to have more of God's favor on your life? What does that mean? It means he shines his face upon you. Now, I love favor because favor is one of the greatest things you'll ever receive from God. Favor could change your medical report. Sarah was barren in her womb, couldn't produce a child. Said God showed her favor, she had a child. Favor can restore relationships. I've recently heard about a, a couple had gone through a divorce had been, for 10 years have been separated and God after 10 years restored their marriage. It can restore relationships. Not favor, uh, uh, not, not everybody's gonna be happy when you get favor. You'll find that out, you know. And, 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 uh, and favor, remember Jonah on the boat, waves come, storm comes, they start throwing stuff off the boat and they found out it wasn't what was on the boat causing the problem, it was who was on the boat. Yeah, the Bible says you gotta love everybody doesn't say you got to let everybody on your boat. So sometimes having wrong people in your life can affect your, your favor. But favor always brings you back to the top. That's what I love about favor. I mean, look at, look at Joseph. His dad gave him a coat. It's a coat of favor. My goodness, if anybody's going to be happy about your favor, your family will, right? No, he put it on. He went down to show it to his brothers. What did his brothers do? Took it off, beat him up, threw him in a pit. I think sometimes God gives you a family to prepare you for your enemy. I think if you, can, if you can make it through your family, sometimes you'll have a chance. But here's the thing. Favor always brings you back to the top. I mean, look at him. They threw him in a pit, ends up at Potiphar's house. What does Potiphar do? Puts him in charge of the house. Potiphar's house is blessed because he's in charge. When you understand God's favor on your life, you know, just because you show up places, it gets blessed. Yeah, you ever I've gone to a little restaurant the other day, nobody there. Within, within minutes of me showing up, the place was packed. I mean, they probably want me to come here every day. If favor just follows. When you, when you understand and expect God's favor, how many want God to shine his face on you? Yeah. yeah, believe for favor when you follow the principles and you've done everything you know to do. See, God didn't tell you to do the impossible. He said he would do the impossible. All you have to do is the difficult. He'll do the impossible. So when I do my best, then all of a sudden, just a moment of God's favor shows up and everything changes. And so I could go on and on, teach you forever about favor, but uh, I talked too much about wisdom. So let me give you the last one, then I got to close. The letter C, the letter C, and this is a great one for today, but it's really a great one for any day. Consistently give, consistently give. Three simple things, A, B, C. You want tomorrow to be different than today. You want next year to be better than this year. Acquire wisdom. Keep learning. Keep growing. The Bible says, hey, Proverbs 4, whatever you do, get wisdom. B, believe for favor. It says in Luke 2.52, and Jesus increased. Think about this. Jesus, anything Jesus is doing, I want to do. Jesus increased in wisdom and in favor 
with God and man. Two areas where Jesus needed more of than I need. If Jesus get more of it, how many, you, how many want more of it? Yeah, then, then lastly, consistently get. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 11, verse 24. The word of the generous gets larger and larger. The word of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. How many want to enlarge your world? Yeah, how do you do that? You be generous. You look, I, I, I'm one of those people, I look for ways to give. How many are looking for ways to give? You're always looking for ways. How many like giving, by the way? Let me just see if you like to give. Right, most of us do. It's just the way God made us, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, he gave. He was a giver. So giving is kind of part of who we are. And, and, and so in the same way, I'm looking for ways to give. Of course, I honor God with my giving, my tithe and offering. I learned that growing up. They taught us that. I mean, we, my dad, you better pay your tithe or God will kill you. That's how we, we went to kids' church. They taught us songs in there. You know, God will take it out of your hide if you don't pay your tithe. Uh, we were scared. Like to us, God was like the godfather of the mafia, and tithe was like protection money. Just give God your money. He won't break your legs. We didn't learn the joy of giving like we do around here at Destiny. We learned that, that our giving makes an incredible impact on the kingdom. The lives are changed because of our giving. Expansion takes place because of our giving. We make a difference because of our faithfulness. I was trying to teach this to my son, and uh, he'd, he'd gotten $50 for his birthday. And so I'm like, hey, buddy, how much belongs to God? He's like, none of it. It's my birthday money. <laughs> I said, I know some, but everything we've got came from God. And so he goes, no, no, this, this came from Grandma. So I told him, I said, son, you, $5 of that belongs to God or he's going to kill you. No, I didn't, I didn't tell him that. I didn't, I didn't tell him that. And, and, but but he, gave us, he gave us $5 and, and he had 45 left. And we were at lunch and he goes, hey, dad, can I pay for lunch? I, I was like, oh, that's awesome. He's getting this generosity thing. I'm like, yes, buddy, you can pay for lunch. He said, okay, let me have your credit card. <laughs> See, I try to show him ways to, to be generous. We were at uh, Taco Bell the other day. Yeah, just want some real authentic Mexican food. And so um, we went up there and we were sitting there and the, and the lady next to us was planning a birthday party. I overheard her and her son talking about this birthday party and, and, uh, and, and he had a list of 12 friends he wanted to bring to the birthday party. She said, you can bring 10 friends to the party. He said, but I got 12 friends. And she said, I can't afford enough pizza for 12. I can only afford enough pizza for 10. I can get this many pizzas. There's this many slices per pizza. That equals 10 friends. He doesn't understand. He's a little kid. He's like nine years old. He's like, I don't understand the whole pizza equation, right? I just want my friends at the party. And, and as the mom, I'm sure she wants him to be able to have all of his friends, but she starts getting upset at, at him and he's getting upset at her and they're upset at each other. And I'm sitting right next to him and I'm thinking I should do something, right? Here's a need. I'm a Christian, Christ follower. Here's someone with a need. What would, what would a good Christian do if they heard about someone with a need like this? And I did exactly what you're thinking. I said, I'm going to pray for them. <laughs> Isn't that what we do? Pastors share the vision. Look at what we're going to do. We're going to expand. We're going to get this campus. We're going over here. We're going to all this amazing stuff happen. And, and we're like, oh, pastor, we'll be praying. That all works out. <laughs> when God blesses you, He's got a lot more than you in mind. He blesses you so that you could be a blessing. And he puts us in positions and places so that we can be a part of answering the call and, and making a, a difference through our giving, making an impact. I was able to make an impact that day. Here's two people. They're sitting there. They're upset. I remembered I had $100 in my pocket. 
when God blesses you, he's got more than you in mind. I walked over to the table and said, excuse me, I don't mean to bother you guys. I don't mean to interrupt. I wasn't eavesdropping on your conversation. I was just listening to it. And I heard about the party. Look, here's $100. Invite those other two friends and you guys have a blessed day. God bless you. And I just turned around and, and, and left because it wasn't about me. It wasn't like, here's $100. Here's my card. Check out my podcast. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> it wasn't about, it wasn't about that. Uh, by the way, you should totally follow me on Instagram. <laughs> at Dr. Dave Martin. But anyway, I just, I, le I left and, 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 and I'm sure she told her, you're not going to believe this. I was sitting there in Taco Bell. This big bald angel came. <laughs> Say this with me. Say, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. to be a blessing. Yes. See, I was able to make an incredible impact that day through my generosity Today, we have an opportunity in just a few minutes to make an incredible impact in the kingdom of God through our generosity. I would encourage you always, two things I always do, listen to God's voice. When you have an opportunity, don't go, well, that's easy, I'll just do that. No, listen to his voice. Oh my goodness, I gotta get to this part quicker next time. So much God wants to do in our life as we are obedient to his voice. I encourage you, anything you do in an attempt to obey God will not go unrewarded. Make an impact. Acquire wisdom. Believe for favor. Consistently give like God gave to us. He gave his very best. What if we did what God did today? We all gave our very best. He gave his best for you. Maybe you're here and you've never received the gift that God gave, his son. Jesus. I told you at the beginning, life goes better when you put God first. Bow your heads just for a minute. I'm going to take about 30 seconds. I'm going to look across the building one time. I'm going to look from one side to the other. You already know if you're one of these two people. Number one, you say, you know what, Dr. Dave, I've never made the decision to put God first in my life. Today, I'm ready to do that. I realize something's missing and I'm ready to put God first. Or number two, you're here, you say at one point, you know what, God was first place in my life, but if I'm I'm real honest, he's not right now. I've allowed some other things, a job, a, a relationship, something to come before God. But today I'm ready. I'm ready to put God back where he belongs in my life. First place. If you're either one of those two people, never made the decision to put God first, or you need to put God back first place in your life. I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. When I count to three, I'm going to look across the building just one time. I want you to lift your hand. Say, when you pray that prayer, pray for me. If there's anybody here this morning, one, two, three. Real quick, all across the room. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, I thank you for hands across the room. Lord, I thank you that you don't just give us the desire to change, but you give us the discipline to make the changes that we need to make. You don't condemn us, but you do, you do convict us. You show us areas of our life, things in our heart that may not be pleasing to you. But Father, you said it's as simple as this. If we'd give it to you, you'd remove it as far as the east is from the west. We can't even really imagine how far that is, but you said it's this simple. If we believe in our heart, say with our mouth, Jesus is our Lord, we'd be saved. I want everyone to say those simple words. Just everybody say those simple words with me. Say, Jesus Christ is my Lord. You talk about a decision that'll make the rest of your life the best of your life. Can't think of any greater decision you could make than to
put God first. If you made that decision, I can't think of any better place to grow in that journey with God than right here at Destiny. You'll find out about uh, growth track and how you can begin to grow in that, in that journey. But I promise you, your life will never be the same again. Can we put our hands together for those that made a decision today to put God first place? Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message. If you want to learn more about our church, check us out at www.yourdestiny.church. Meet our leadership team, find a way to connect with our church, and partner with us through giving. You can also connect with us on social media by visiting our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Tune in next week for another message from our pastor, Stephen Chandler.